Hello everybody and welcome to this week's official Everton podcast for the official Everton members. I'm in the charming company of Ian Snowden and Graeme Stewart. But before we hear from two of our three club ambassadors, let's first of all hear from our club record signing, Gilfie Sigurdsson. We talk a lot about the goals you score from distance, free kicks, your creativity. Ever thought about wanting to play as a striker, as a centre forward? Um, I used to when I was young, um, but I wasn't, I wasn't kind of big enough because um, I developed quite late. Um, now, nah, but I prefer, I prefer playing through the middle. Another aspect of your game is, like we said, your creativity, the goals you score. So, is it important to you that you entertain the supporters as well as actual, actually provide the end product? Yeah, um, I mean, people come to what's what's good football. Um, they come to see goals. Um, so as long as I'm doing my job, either scoring or, or assisting the other players to score goals, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure they'll be they'll be happy enough. And you've played under quite a few managers already in your career. It was about three in one season alone last year, wasn't it? So early days with Ronald Koeman. How are you finding that experience so far? Uh, good. He's very straightforward. He knows what he wants. Um, is I wouldn't say he's strict, but he there's no messing about, um, which is a good thing. You need that from a manager. Um, uh, of course, as a player, is is fantastic, and you can see as a manager, he's he's very very good and well respected within the within the squad. And has it been good that he's got you into the team straight away? Like I said you played the 90 minutes in split and then played at Chelsea as well. Yeah, because I needed I needed game time, um, but I remember he, he was saying to me. Um, just 10 more minutes against the split and then he kept me on for the whole game. This is, this is good, but um, I'm getting closer to my full fitness now, which is, which is nice. In quiet moments, do you still look back at that goal in split and think, wow? Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times since, uh, a few times to be honest, um, but I think, oh, what was I thinking? Um, I just took a chance that the keeper was off his line and, and thankfully he was. Um, and I managed to somehow just just about get it over him, which is nice. And since that match, brought in a player from Split, Nikola Vlasic. Is it nice that you're not the new boy anymore? <laughs> no, to be fair, he's he's um, he's a good guy. Um, I came in to train with him this morning, so uh, I know what it's like when you're when you're the new guy and you don't really know anyone. I was lucky enough to know Azan and Ash, um, so um, I'll try to. To speak to him a lot over the next couple of days and just make him feel welcome, which I think all of the boys will do. And has it felt like a dressing room where people kind of embrace you and welcome you into the club? Yeah, it's been it's been quite easy just to come in and speak to the boys. And I mean, they're all down to earth and, and just happy to help you with anything. So it's it's quite easy for the for the new guys just to come in and, and feel at home. That was Gilfie Sigurdsson there with an exclusive and a very interesting, I thought, interview for the official Everton podcast. Not Gilfie Sigurdsson cost a lot of money, but he introduced himself to the Evertonians in split and how. Oh, unbelievable goal over in split. Um, when it went in, it just amazed us, Daz. We were doing commentary over there and uh, what a fantastic goal. A lot of supporters didn't see it, you know. I spoke mm. to them and they didn't realise that the ball had actually, he, he'd scored from uh, way out there. But no, he's he certainly uh, started off with a bang. I haven't seen any photographs of his goal, Diamond. I've seen the celebration, but the goal, when it catches professional photographers by surprise, that's a, that's a bit of ingenuity, isn't it? Very much so, yeah. I mean, it's not as mentioned, there's a few of the supporters obviously missing it, but the cameramen clearly missed it as well, <laughs> didn't they? But it was an ideal situation for us because obviously being 1-0 down as well, 
to get ourselves back in the game that early in the second half. I think it just settled everybody down and the rest was pretty much plain sailing. I know we conceded the penalty towards the end of the game, but uh, I think in general, if you look back at that performance, we were pretty much in control of it all. He's going to be a good acquisition, Gilfie Sigurdsson. You can just sense it, can't you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's difficult for Gilfie because he's come come in not having too much pre-season work under his belt. I mean, he might have done all the fitness work, but... You know, in terms of match practice, he hasn't clearly played too much. So he's probably, you know, probably two or three weeks even away from being absolutely at his peak. So we have to give him a little bit of time in that respect. But, you know, a fantastic goal and we know his quality. So it's just a matter of time when it clicks. Snods, both yourself and Diamond joined Everton for, at the time, big money, decent money. Does that add to the pressure? Will Gilfie Sigurdsson be feeling the pressure of the money that the club have paid? Or will he think, nothing to do with me, I'm just here to play football? Do you know what it does? I used to be proud of my fee, 814 right in, eight, in 87. It's quite a lot of money. But I, I think that the inflated figures now, I, I don't think the players really care how much they've cost, mm. to be honest, because the, he's going for ridiculous money. When you see Neymar go for 190 million, uh, it's quite astounding, really. So, no, I don't think the players see that as a burden now, the price tag. Uh, and Gilfie's an experienced player uh, for club and country so I, I don't think the uh, transfer feel uh, he'll bother a, at all to be quite honest he's a quality player we know that um, we have paid £40 million for him and uh, I'm sure he's going to be a good acquisition whatever it costs Graham, these transfer fees is it going to get worse even worse before it gets better players moving for nearly £200 million it, it, it's obscene isn't it <laughs> it is obscene, yeah. I mean, it's laughable. I, th I agree with Snods. I don't think players really take any notice of it nowadays because really? everybody recognises how crazy the, the market's gone. Do I see it slowing down? Not particularly. I think it could, could get even worse, to be totally honest with you. Um, you know, you look at some of the companies that aren't involved in football that potentially could be involved in football in the future and you can't see the money slowing down because it's crazy. But it's, it is obscene. I think it's obscene is quite a good word for it to sum it up. I mean, to, to the n normal man in the street, you know, no one can even, you know, recognise those mm. kind of figures. You know, the, what, what players are earning. I mean, I remember somebody saying to me, someone's going to earn 100 grand a week soon. And I just laughed at them. I thought to myself, <laughs> it's ridiculous. 100 grand a week standard now. Yeah. You know, for top top players. So, Do you ever consider what you might be worth yourself? <laughs> Do you know what? I never, ever played football for money. I can honestly, hand on my heart, say I never played football for money. And I don't think a lot of players play for money. Mm. You, there's, a, there's a few mercenaries out there. There's no doubt about that. But I think if you play football because you love playing football, the top players dis deserve to get the top dollar. Film stars get the bit, you know. They, mm. Tom Cruise gets the most amount of money because he's the best actor, doesn't he? So, you know, the top top players deserve the top money. I just I don't like it when it filters down, and you get a situation where you've got a kid who's played about three games for his team, and he's sat on twenty thousand pound a week. Mm. I mean, that can't be right. So, you know, they, it's not so much at the top that I've got an issue. It's down the bottom more. Are there any more Seamus Coleman's out there, Snods? There must be, surely. If, if clubs look hard enough, Seamus Coleman for 60 grand is the greatest bargain in the history of football. But he can't be the only player on the planet in that situation. There must be another golden nugget out there's, there. There's got to be. There's got to be somewhere about, but it's, it's down to the scouting system. Uh, directors of football that we have these days to find them golden nuggets, have you, as you put it, does. But... I think it's going to be rare that mm. you get a Seamus Coleman for £60,000. <laughs> absolutely incredible. So there, there, is, there will be players out there, but just with the inflation now, I think Seamus Coleman, if he were getting bought now, Sligo would probably ask about £6 million. <laughs> and so, get it. Yeah, they would, really would. So, uh, no, I, I think 
same as Diamond said, it's obs- absolutely obscene at the minute, the transfer fees and, and what you've got to pay the players as well. So, But good luck to them. Mm. Um, I've no qualms about it. I, I earned all right money when I, when I was playing good money uh, in, in the years I played. We're celebrating 125 years of Goodison Park history. The Grand Old Lady, built in 1892. Just to finish off this week's official Everton podcast for our members, I'm going to ask you about your favourite personal Goodison Park memories. I can probably guess yours. Yeah, I, I, I shouldn't go on because you know the man next to me just hates it when I mention it. But uh, no, I mean clearly the game that's going to stand out for me is Wimbledon because oh, we, no, Stotts, did you play in that game? I played in that game. <laughs> Sorry, I just didn't I just thought you know, it was Graham you know, Stewart versus Wimbledon. Well, do you know when that penalty was given? You know, that when Anders Limpar was yeah. side down. I mean, I was waiting for you to step up, but you were in the Gladys Street hiding. <sighs> I was, to be honest. <laughs> I, I'll be truthful, it took some bottle diamond uh, to step up and take that penalty. Stupidity, but, mate, yeah, that's what it is. But no, it, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable that day. Um, and it, it was a it was great occasion, but it's one of that me and Diamond and all the team that played weren't proud of because Everton shouldn't have been in that position. Mm. But I'll let him carry on now. No, I mean, it's not sums it up perfectly. I mean, none of us should be proud of the situation we were in. We were, we were de- desperate to be in that situation. But the one thing that I'll, I'll never, ever forget, the silence. You know, we've all had magnificent Goodison nights where the crowd have been in raptures and they've roared, roared the team on and what have you like that. But the silence was deafening if you see what I mean mm-hmm. it was unbelievable yeah. when that second goal went in and we all thought I mean even the lads on the pitch probably thought this could be it we could really seriously be going down and to turn that round and the euphoria that was met with the third goal and at the end of the end of the game the people crying on the pitch and everything that'll always stick with me and you know funny enough mine mine does was uh, my deb well not my debut full debut I was sub uh, against Sheffield Wednesday my first game when I came to, to Everton and uh, my brother were playing for Sheffield Wednesday and when Howard said get warmed up you're coming on I think there were about 30 minutes to go to actually get stripped off Everton shirt go on the pitch and my brother was in the opposition I think that was the greatest moment for me personally and, and the greatest moment I've just had ever because he told me he's never been sub now he's just admitted he was sub. <laughs> Can I just add my own back? I couldn't get in the team when I first signed because they'd gone on a run of about 36 games. So when he signed me, Howard Kendall, obviously I was sub, but then I came on after 30 minutes and then I was never out of the team. End of conversation with Graeme Stewart. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we could break all podcast records here and go on for hours and hours, but it's been a pleasure once again to enjoy the company of Ian Snowden and Graeme Stewart. This has been the official Everton podcast for the official Everton members. Hope you've enjoyed it. 